text for the sermon this afternoon is Matthew 28, the last part of verse 20. We'll begin reading, though, at verse 16, just to put the text into context. Matthew 28, we begin reading at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now the text is the last part of verse 20. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers who are about to be ordained to office this afternoon. So we have ordination, and brothers are officially assigned to tasks in the church on behalf of the Lord. As we read later on in the form for ordination, you have those tasks and responsibilities, and You promise to do your utmost to fulfill those tasks, as we'll hear later, too. And maybe you say, I do, with a fair bit of trepidation about whether you'll be able to live up to that promise that you make and be motivated to to do that. Brothers, you know your own weaknesses, and maybe the task ahead can seem kind of daunting in certain ways. Well, in the context of our text for this afternoon, the Lord Jesus also officially assigns tasks to his 11 disciples. They'd been called by him earlier on, and they'd been sent out before to proclaim the gospel and so on, cast out demons. But now, after his death and resurrection, and before his ascension into heaven, the Lord Jesus now officially, we could say, ordains them and gives them their commission. And what a commission. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that he had commanded them. Quite a, quite a comprehensive and, and large task. And who were those 11? You remember how they had argued even in the upper room just days before. Who was the greatest among them? And you know how Peter, James, and John had fallen asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane in the hour of their master's greatest need when he needed their support. 
they were asleep. And you recall, I'm sure, how they all fled the scene when the Lord was arrested. And you know how Peter denied his master, even swore, I don't know this man. And still, the Lord Jesus commissions those 11 as his office bearers and apostles. The Lord takes men like that into service for himself. And not because they're so capable in themselves, but because he gives them capability. And he's faithful in that. And brothers, you might think, who am I that the Lord gives me this office in his church? I have a lot of weaknesses too. How does the Lord dare entrust me with the care of his people here? And that great responsibility. Well, because the promise of our text applies to today too. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you too can take up your commission, not because you're so good enough to fulfill your respective offices, but because the Lord is good enough to help you and stand by you in your office. He says, I will be with you always. He promised his disciples he'd be with them even to the end of the age. And with that in mind, I preach to you the text this afternoon with this theme, the Lord's promise to his office bearers before his ascension. And we see the time span of that promise and secondly, the content of that promise. First, the, the time span or time period of that promise. To the end of the age, the Lord says in the text, to the end of the age. And the, and the age is here a certain time period. And the Bible shows us in general there are actually three main ages. The time before the fall, the time period between the fall and the return of Christ, and the age, the eternal age, which comes after Christ's return. The Lord Jesus in our text is obviously referring to the middle time period or age, the one between the fall and his return. And he refers to that also in Matthew 24. He calls it the end of the age. But he's referring to that middle age. The age between the fall and his return. And that age is pretty different from the previous one, the one before the fall. In the age before the fall, Satan didn't have all the power and influence he has now. We allowed him into this world. And he let his influence and power and still lets his influence and power be felt. And even more and more. As everything moves towards the end or the fulfillment of this age. The Lord allows him to make himself ripe for judgment. He allows Satan to 
fill the measure of his wickedness. We read something of that in Matthew 24 too. The devil will deceive more and more people. He sends false prophets who will try to deceive the church with false prophecies and teachings. And he will try to destroy the church with persecutions. He will do everything he can to draw believers away from God and from faith in his promises by means of deceit, persecution, discord in that age to the end of that age. And that's why in this age, that age, he gives office bearers to his church. Office bearers are watchers. As the Lord said through Ezekiel, watchers. Watchers on the walls of the city. The church, we could say. They are to stand watch, to guard the city, the church, against the deceit of false teaching, to point out, to point it out, to warn against it in the preaching and teaching and speaking, as well as this, even the singing in church, what we sing. And they are to strengthen God's people in oppression. And they are to arm the people against the temptations of the flesh and of the world so they don't fall and remain in their sins. So they turn to God again. In a society in which sin is so openly committed and even promoted today, it can be very hard to stay true to the Lord's commands. When church members fall for the temptation of letting things other than Worship take over the Sunday, for instance. They are to the these watchers are to warn of the danger. Watchers on the walls of the church. They have the task not to let the evil one take over your soul. And if they warn and you do not heed them, then your blood is on your own head. But if they do not warn, then the blood of the people is on their head. A very responsible task. And then in that context of the last age, they also have the responsibility to point out that everything and everyone is moving toward the fulfillment of all things, to the end of that age. This age is moving steadily toward the conclusion which is judgment day, the great day of the separation of the wheat from the tares, the good fish from the bad, as Jesus described in the parables. The tares, he said, will be burned with fire. The bad fish will be discarded, but the wheat will be gathered into barns and the good fish will be kept. And that's where, that's separation is where everything is going. Satan and those who belong to him will be cast into outer darkness forever, but the church will be taken into glory with the Lord Jesus forever. And that's where we, we believe, without any doubt, history is headed. Jesus guarantees it. He has overcome Satan. He has ransomed his church with his blood. He is now in heaven at God's right hand. And then office bearers 
are to point to him in their work as elders and deacons. Their calling is to keep the church focused on Christ and on his return in glory at the end of the age. What a responsibility office bears to be watchers who watch for dangers and remind the people about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Keep focused on that. Satan wants us to forget that. Your task is to make people to bring that to remembrance, to make people remember that. And you do that in your visits in the congregation, in the preaching, for, because the preaching isn't just the minister's task. You are to support the minister with advice and prayer with regard to the preaching of the word. That's your task too. Watchers on the walls of Jerusalem, the church of God. And the church is threatened by Satan. And the office bearers also. He's after you, office bearers in particular. One watcher is worth more to Satan than 10 congregation members. If he can get you to fall asleep at your post and not notice the danger anymore and not sound the alarm, if he can make you forget the urgency of Christ's return, then he has, basically he has the whole city in his power. He has an open door into the congregation. So he's always going to be after you in particular. And you realize then you need prayer for yourself also. And congregation, your office bearers need prayer too. And do you receive your office bearers with joy and thankfulness? It's a wonderful thing that the Lord gives them to you to warn and encourage you, to point you to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the end of the age. What if that didn't happen? What if we were just loose people here and there and there were no office bearers, no watchmen to blow the trumpet when there's danger? What then? We'd fall for some temptation. We'd go along with false teaching. We'd forget to show love and mercy and above all forget that Christ is on the way to the fulfillment of all things. We'd end up living for this life only, living for our own pleasure, right? Be thankful that the Lord gathers us together as a city and that he appoints watchmen and sets them around us. We come to the second part of the sermon this afternoon, the content of the Lord's promise to his office bearers. So he's with us to the end of the with you to the end of the age. He says, Lo, I am with you always. That's, that's his basic promise. I'm with you always. Who are the you that the Lord has in mind here? We often just take the general sense, you know, he directs this promise to his whole New Testament church. But notice that he specifically makes that promise to the 11 disciples to whom he appeared on that mountain in Galilee after his resurrection. He specifically told them to go there. He appointed that mountain at the Last Supper already as the place he would meet them. He said, Matthew 26, 32, after I have been raised, 
He said at the Last Supper, I will go before you to Galilee. And then on the day of his resurrection, he appeared to Mary Magdalene and told her to tell the disciples that they would see him in Galilee. That's how they could believe that he had risen because Mary told she he never told her. But when she told the disciples, he will see you in Galilee, they knew it was him. And so they came to that well-known spot in Galilee and there the Lord in his faithfulness appeared to them again and they worshipped him there, it says. They entrusted themselves to him. That's the, the basis of your office. The, you're working in office, brothers, that you entrust yourselves to the Lord Jesus, to his help and his guidance. And yes, it says in verse 17, some doubted because that can happen too. Office bearers can doubt too. The daunting task to perform for the Lord. Is it all true? Has he really called me to this office? Will he really stand by me? But Jesus ordains them, even with their inner fears. And then he promises them his help. And they receive the task to baptize people of all the nations in the name of the triune God and teach them all that their Lord did and commanded. In other words, keep and carry the gospel to the next generation of the church. Keep and carry over what has been entrusted to them and to continually then point to Christ in his coming and to do that in a world in which the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour. And that's basically the task of the office bearers of the church today too, to keep the congregation focused on Christ and his mercy and his commands and his coming in this world in which Satan goes about in great wrath because he knows his time is short. Daunting task for imperfect men. But that's why the Lord Jesus also says in our text, Lo, I am with you always. With you. And those are the words of him who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He received the authority and the power to distribute heavenly gifts via the Spirit, faith, Hope, love, perseverance, seated at the right hand of God, all the power on earth too, so that the devil can't go any farther than the Lord allows him. The Lord has him on a chain. That's what he obeyed perfectly for, gave himself up for, descended into hell for, so that all authority and power would be granted to him, and he could say, Lo, I am with you always. With you. Not just close to you, near you, looking on. No, somebody can be near you without having anything to do with you and for you. A lamp can be right next to the Bruce nuclear power station, but if there's no connection between that lamp and the power station, it's not going to shine. But it can light up a whole room if there's a connection to the power line to the Bruce Power Station, even if that room is hundreds of miles away from the power station. That's, that's what the Lord Jesus means here. Even though he's far away in heaven, still with you. I am with you. His spirit, in his spirit, he is with you to help you, to give you wisdom, insight, strength, 
boldness for your tasks. I am with you always with my love and my spirit and my grace. And by the way, you notice that all through the Bible, those words, I am with you, they're repeated often in the Bible and almost always spoken in the context of appointment to office. Exodus 3, Moses is called to lead Israel out of Egypt and told to confront Pharaoh and lead the people out. And in Exodus 3, verse 12, in spite of the complaints of Moses that I'm not good enough for this, the Lord says, I shall certainly be with you. And in Joshua 1, Joshua is appointed to lead Israel into the land of Canaan, to conquer that land. And in Joshua 1, verse 5, the Lord says to him, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave or forsake you. And in Judges 6, verse 16, Gideon is called to fight against the Midianites and to judge Israel. And the Lord says, Judges 6, verse 16, Surely I will be with you. In Haggai, Zerubbabel is called to rebuild the temple. And the Lord says, Haggai 1, verse 13, And I am with you. So those words, I am with you, are spoken in the context of appointment and ordination to office. And they have one purpose, namely to assure those called by the Lord to office, to assure them that they can count on the Lord's help and support to fulfill their tasks. He's there for you when you look to Him. That counts for all, of course, but specifically also to, to you, brothers, about to be ordained to office. You can call on Him who has all authority and power to help you with your duties. Lord, help me with this very difficult visit I have to make. Lord, give me wisdom for this difficult meeting. Lord, give me the words to encourage this person who is suffering because I don't know what to say. Grant me wisdom, courage, faithfulness. So, that promise of the Lord Jesus, lo, I am with you always, is connected to the calling to office. If office bearers act outside of their calling or speak against their calling, then the words of that promise do not apply. Then the Lord is not with you, but is against you instead of with you. And we all know that, don't we, congregation? If we do our own thing against what the Lord asks of us, then we figure we know better than him, and then we push him away, and he no longer stands by us then, but he is against us. His face is turned away from us and against us. He withdraws his spirit from us. And in due time, you notice that. There's no blessing on what you do then. I'm with you, the Lord says, in order to stay true over against wrong teaching, in order to receive strength when there's opposition, in order to remain standing in temptation. And when office bearers count on the Lord being with them, they lead all of us in our responsibilities in life. All of us. They show the way. When your marriage is difficult and looks 
so appealing to just call it quits. Or when you're single and you meet someone nice who isn't a believer. Or when you're out going out and you, you're pressured to engage in extramarital sexual relations. Or when you're at work and it's tempting to say nothing when you hear God's name taken in vain. The Lord calls us all to walk in and remain in his good ways. Will you give in, go along, choose the easiest way out? Look to the office bearers. They are examples to the flock. They need to show the congregation the way that they depend on the Lord for their God-given duties. Yes, the Lord Jesus said, I am with you. But we also have to seek him then. Seek his help and guidance. And if you do that as office bearers and also as members with your own duties as parents, citizens, church members, workers, and so on, if you seek his help to deny yourself or to even talk to somebody about a sin or to say no to temptation yourself, then the Lord who has all authority and power in heaven and on earth will be there. He'll be there for you. And when you do as he requires, that might mean having to bear a cross or be subject to mockery. Or, but you know he's there. Then people are, are not mocking me, but him. He's there always. He never withdraws his spirit unless we do not look to him any longer. And he says, lo, I am with you always. When he commissions his disciples, lo, it says in our translation. And it says, behold, in the ESV. It's Jesus' emphatic assurance that what he's saying to those men he appointed is true and certain, and they can count on it. Lo, that means I am certainly, without any doubt, there for you, always, till the end of the age. What a wonderful assurance as you're about to take on the responsibility of your respective offices, brothers. Like the disciples, imperfect men with weaknesses. But the Lord promises to stand by those he appoints to special duty in his church until the close of the age. Until he comes again to cast out Satan in his dominion forever and bring his own into his eternal joy. So congregation, too, respect these men. Receive them as watchmen whom the Lord has given to guard your souls. And then together as office bearers and as congregation, we'll be ready for that glorious end of the age, too. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you've given office bearers to the congregation, and we pray that they may know that even though they are imperfect men, you promise to be with them always as they take up their task to look after the hearts and the well-being of those whom the Lord bought with his blood. Help them to show in all their work to show you and to call us all as church members to be ready and prepared 
for the end of the age when the Lord Jesus is coming back in glory to judge the living and the dead. That, that end is coming. Help them to, to point us to that with urgency. Thank you, Lord, for the, the brothers who have now finished their terms in office. Let their work in office, that, that the completed in office, let it continue to bear fruit also afterwards. And continue to make them fruitful in the congregation too. Lord, thank you for being able to hear from your word And will you now bless the ordination of the brothers we have before us now. Hear our prayer we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. The chief shepherd who loves his people so much. He gives watchmen to look after them here. Amen.